Hello and welcome to the Commander's Quarters. I'm your host, Mitch. Glad to have you here. Here at the Commander's Quarters, we're all about Commander on a budget. Today's episode is going to be a Commander Quick Take. On episodes like these, I give you my initial take on a newly spoiled commander from an upcoming set. I'm going to talk about a potential direction to take that commander and possible cards to use for that build. I'll also go over some possible upgrades and similar commanders to this one. This show and episodes like this one are possible thanks to viewers like you. If you're looking for an easy way to help support this show, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. Also, hit that bell notification icon so you don't miss any new episodes. And while you're at it, subscribe and review our podcast as well. You can also go check out our playmats and other merchandise at thecommandersquarters.com. Another easy way to support this show is with our TCG player affiliate links. So whether you're buying a deck or individual cards, you can use this general link right here or one in the description. And the final way that you can support this show is by supporting us directly by becoming a patron. There are many benefits to being a patron, and I truly couldn't do this without all their support. Hey everyone, Mitch coming in from the Commander's Quarter Studio. Welcome to the show. So... It finally happened. It finally happened. We finally have a mono white commander with card advantage with Mangara the Diplomat. This card was spoiled earlier today and I am really excited for it. And I'm also kind of dreading when I've got an episode coming out in the near future that I already recorded where I kind of bash wizards for, you know, never giving uh, mono white kind of any card advantage or draw or, or whatnot. But uh, yeah, I'll just make a comment on that in that video section. It'll be fine, right? No one's gonna, you know, say, hey, they have Mangara now, and yeah, yeah. Anyways, Mangara the Diplomat is a 2-4 human cleric with lifelink that costs 3 and a white. He has, whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you and or planeswalkers you control, draw a card. And whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. So Mangara gives you multiple ways to draw cards, and yes, in mono-white, which is fantastic. Uh, I think that the first way is kind of, it's going to be more of a deterrent than actually a draw engine, so... Essentially, players will essentially either decide to attack you with one creature or just not attack you at all because they aren't going to want to give you extra card advantage, especially with that second part where whenever they cast their second spell each turn, you draw a card. There are a ton of decks out there that are going to be casting multiple spells in a turn. So one turn around the table, this can draw you two or three cards even. So you're going to be drawing a ton of cards throughout the game with this. Again, it's a good deterrent for people not to attack you. I think this card can be great in the 99, but of course can be a good commander as well and might just be the number one mono-white commander uh, in the near future we will see. I mean, it can unseat Shram and Teshar, the only other two mono-white commanders that uh, actually provide any kind of card advantage. This one is actually kind of a broader version of card advantage, though um, it can really apply to kind of any any situation, any deck. It's going to provide card advantage versus the other two are very specific and need to do very specific things to actually generate card advantage against Shram is what vehicles, auras, and equipment, and Teshar is casting historic spells to get things back out of your graveyard. Uh, but yeah, again, Mangara, definitely a broader kind of card advantage. Uh, the the deck that you'd probably want to build around it, I think you can go in a couple of different ways. Probably a control build, maybe potentially if, if you know your playgroup allows it, a stacks-ish build, potentially. Again, I'm not an expert on those kind of things, but I've been hearing some people throw that around. Uh, but then also kind of a, a group hug, or as I like to call it, actually a political control build. Uh, group hug in my uh, in my definition group hug has no win con essentially doesn't want to win a political control build wants to kind of help players take each other out and eventually win from there and try to kind of manipulate the board manipulate others into kind of doing what you want them to do and i think mangara can be great at that first off you're going to want to protect mangara because mangara is definitely he is definitely crucial to your plan uh, Swiftfoot Boots, uh, of course, is a great way to do that. An equipment uh, that costs two gives Hexproof and Haste. Equip one. 
So uh, in case, you know, Mangara gets uh, the board wipe happens and Mangara dies, then you can get him back out and then re-equip. Uh, Shielded by Faith is a great way to save Mangara from those board wipes. Uh, it's an aura that costs one white white. It says enchant creature. Enchanted creature is indestructible and you can move it to another creature when it comes into play, but you're probably not going to do that. Uh, but yeah, again, protecting Mangara is kind of first and foremost because that is your draw engine for this deck. And again, mono white really doesn't have too many other ways to draw a card. So you're going to be really dependent on your commander for this kind of a deck. Uh, when it comes to kind of that group hug kind of um, side of things, again, I like to call it political control. Uh, you want to find ways to encourage others to basically do what you want them to do. So Helm of Awakening uh, can be a great card for this kind of a deck. It's an artifact that costs two and basically makes all spells cost one less. This helps you, but it also helps your opponents, which sometimes, you know, obviously for most decks, that wouldn't be a good thing. But for this deck, you know, actually want to encourage players to play multiple spells in one turn, because again, you're going to be drawing a card every single time they do so. So this can help provide you not only, you know, save you mana throughout the game, but it can also kind of be a, a card draw enabler as well. Uh, another kind of card that can really help you out, uh, and that's kind of, you know, a more political tool, uh, Pendant of Prosperity. Artifact for three, uh, it enters the battlefield under the control of an opponent of your choice. You can pay two and tap it, and, or sorry, they are going to pay two and tap it to draw a card, then put a land card from their hand onto the battlefield, and then Pendant Prosperity's owner, us, uh, draws a card, and then we can play a land from our hand onto the battlefield, or put a land from our hand onto the battlefield. So essentially this kind of is a political tool that we can give to someone to help them out, but also really help us out, because again, if we're going to be drawing a lot of cards, we're going to have extra lands in our hand that we want to get in play and help us ramp. Again, Mono White is very weak when it comes to ramp, but this can really help. And we're kind of not taxing another player, but basically they're helping us do our dirty work for us by actually providing us more card advantage, providing us more ramp by doing by activating this for us, essentially. Um, Alliance at Arms is a card that could really come in handy with this. It's a sorcery that costs a white. It says join forces. Starting with you, each player may pay any amount of mana. Each player puts X11 white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield where X is the total amount of mana paid this way. So this essentially just can be, hey, everyone gets a ton of soldiers. And again, players probably, again, if they're trying to decide who to attack, you know, we might not be the best option, again, because we are getting that extra card advantage anytime we're attacked with, what, two or more creatures. So giving everyone creatures can be a good way to kind of fill the board with creatures and kind of maybe find some other ways to incentivize attacks and attacking other players. A Crow and Horse is another card that can kind of help with this, help get creatures out. Uh, it's a 0-4 horse with defender that costs 4. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, an opponent gains control of it. And at the beginning of our upkeep, each opponent creates a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token. So again, we give this to one of our opponents. Then each of their opponents, which includes us, gets a 1-1 one, one soldier. So this, if this sticks around, you know, it can be another way to generate a lot of tokens, kind of fill the board, and again, provide some, you know, some armies. And, and we can incentivize them to attack each other with those creatures, essentially. Uh, one way to... Uh, again, kind of incentivize attacks elsewhere is going to be Ghostly Prison uh, or kind of any other kind of Ghostly Prison effects. Uh, it's an enchantment for two and a white, and it says creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two for each creature they control that's attacking you. So again, especially if we you know we're giving them token armies and they're going to be paying, having to pay two for each of those creatures, uh, they're not going to be heavily incentivized to attack us and just let us draw a card, essentially, when they're having to pay mana and do all the things for it. Um, but basically, again, there's plenty of uh, kind of ghostly prison effects in white that kind of encourage attacks elsewhere. Obviously, you can encourage attacks toward yourself, uh, and that is beneficial in certain circumstances, but it's also beneficial at certain ways to, you know, say, let's let's attack elsewhere. You know, I don't really need to draw that card. Go go swing somewhere else. Uh, something like Angel's Trumpet is a fantastic card. Uh, I've actually used it in a couple decks, I believe. Uh, it's an artifact that costs three. 
It says all creatures have vigilance. At the end of each player's turn, tap all untapped creatures they control that did not attack this turn. Angel's Trumpet deals one damage to that player for each creature tapped this way. So basically this says, hey, uh, you can either choose to attack uh, and swing away, or if you don't, your creatures are going to get tapped anyways. I mean, I guess they don't tap their attack. Your creatures are going to get tapped so they can't block, and then you get pinged for each of those creatures. So basically, again, we're trying to fill the board with creatures if we can, uh, or, you know, help utilize creatures that are already on the board, and force attacks to happen. Again, forcing attacks elsewhere, not necessarily at us, or at least benefiting if they are coming at us. Uh, Gideon Jura is another way to kind of force attacks. This one does force them at us, though. Uh, Gideon Jura is a uh, planeswalker that has six loyalty, costs three white white. It's plus two, which is the main one that we care about, is during target opponent's next turn, creatures that player controls attack Gideon Jura available. So again, we're forcing attacks. Maybe there's someone who doesn't have an optimal attack against us, and we can, you know, block effectively. We can draw a card. Or maybe we've got something else on the battlefield like Farsight Mask, which is an artifact that costs five, and it says whenever a source and opponent controls deals damage to you, if Farsight Mask is untapped, you may draw a card. So this is kind of a, a stack, um, a stacking effect kind of on our commander already. You know, on top of Mangar, we have basically now two ways to draw cards. Whenever, you know, someone swings at us, we can, you know, draw a card off of the two creatures attacking us and then also draw a card whenever we're hit with creatures too, or draw multiple cards. So again, kind of uh, incentivizing attacks and kind of controlling how attacks happen is kind of a, uh, a good direction for this deck, I believe. But there's also some other aspects of control that probably need to happen too. So if things get a little out of hand, you know, with bigger creatures on the board, something like Dusk can really happen. Uh, it's a sorcery for two white white and says destroy all creatures with power three or greater. And then, uh, again, uh, Mangara's got power too, so it's going to survive. Uh, Dawn is the aftermath side of that. It's a sorcery that costs three white white. It says return all creature cards with converted banic or with power two or less from your graveyard to your hand. So again, if you've got a lot of small creatures in the deck, you can get them back. Uh, Solar Tide's another kind of way to do this as well, or at least the first part. Uh, it's a sorcery for four white white. It says choose one. Destroy all creatures with power two or less. Or destroy all creatures with power three or greater. Obviously, we're going to be picking that three or greater the vast majority of the time, and we can entwine it to sac by sacrificing two lands. So again, just ways to control the board and kind of have things go the direction that we want them to go. We, you know, obviously want to keep creatures on the board and incentivize attacks elsewhere, but if at a certain point things get a little out of control and we can't incentivize those attacks elsewhere, we might need to wipe the board, or at least wipe the board of big creatures. Uh, when it comes to winning, there are all obviously multiple ways we can do it. Uh, one in white that can be very effective is Approach the Second Sun. They sorcery for six, six and a white. If it was cast from your hand and you've cast another spell named Approach the Second Sun this game, you win the game. Otherwise, put Approach the Second Sun into its owner's library, seventh on the top, and you gain seven life. Basically, you just cast this twice and you win. The kind of funny thing about uh, Mangara having this in the deck is you cast this and then you're putting a target on your back. But if players are trying to attack you and kind of take you out of the game, they're actually helping you get to that Approach the Second Sun faster because, again, if they swing at you with two creatures, you're drawing a card. You get closer and closer to that approach to the second sun. If they're casting multiple spells, you're drawing a card. So there's all there's just ways to kind of help. Uh, Mangara helps you dig deeper to get back to that approach to help you win. Uh, obviously, in mono white, you've got a lot of uh, lifelink synergies and ways to gain life. So a Feldar Sovereign could help you win if you're kind of teleporting up. Uh, Feldar Sovereign's a 4-6 cat beast with vigilance lifelink that costs 4 white white. It says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you've got 40 more life, you win the game. Uh, in a mono-white deck that has, uh, if you focus kind of on gaining life or lifelink, that's pretty easy to get to. Again, you need to find a way to protect this, but you can do that uh, in, in a multitude of ways. Uh, Psychosis Crawler would actually be a pretty funny way to take opponents out in a mono-white deck. Uh, it's a Star Star Horror, or XX Horror, uh, that, co uh, that costs five. Uh, its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand, and whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses one life. So yeah, 
drawing a card and making players lose life is just not something that you'd ever think you'd see in mono white but this could be a way to take players out it could be pretty funny and actually it could be a pretty big creature out on the board for you because it's power and toughness equal to the number of cards in your hand and you're going to be drawing a ton of cards so yeah during your opponent's turns this might get up to you know uh, an 8-8 a 9-9 a 10-10 um and finally kind of a a win condition that you know you might just use you know if you're able to survive long enough if you're able to ramp enough um which you should be able to with a Pelifort kind of style group hug deck. A Storm Herd could uh, help you win, basically. It's a sorcery that costs 8 white white. It says create X11 white Pegasus creature tokens of flying, where X is your life total. So again, if you're at 30 life or so, it's going to be tough for your opponents if they don't have a Wrath or some way to stop this to kind of deal with 30 Pegasus on the board. Kind of just You're basically utilizing your life total as a resource for damage over multiple turns, essentially, to take your opponents out. Now, uh, when it comes to most of the cards I mentioned uh, on this list were bu very budget-friendly. When it comes to some out-of-budget options to potentially consider, Dark Steel Plate is one that comes to mind. It's an equipment that costs three. It's indestructible. Equipped creatures indestructible. has equipped two. So, again, protecting Mangara is huge for this deck, and this is a great way to do it. You know, again, if Mangara is dealt with, you can just re-equip next time you get him into play. Uh, Fell the Mighty is another good, flexible board wipe. It says, destroy all creatures with power greater than target creatures' power. And, again... A flexible board wipe with this, if you've got Mangar, if Mangars get indestructible, then you can maybe target a token that's only got one power, and then you take out, you know, things, you know, that are two or greater, essentially, as well. So, that's another way to do it. Uh, Lightning Greaves, of course, is a great way to protect Mangar as well. Equipped creature has haste and shroud, equipment for uh, two, and it has zero to equip. So, basically, again, any way that you can use to protect Mangar is going to be good for, anyway, it's going to be good for this deck, because Mangar, again, is your draw engine, your value engine, and the deck is going to revolve around Mangara. Again, I'm really excited that Mono White finally has a an, a legitimate card draw source. Uh, again, and I think Vanguard can be great in the 99. I do think that it can be a great Mono White commander. Uh, not sure if it's actually going to kind of uncheat Shram as the number one Mono White commander. Only time will tell. I think it might. But yeah, let me know in the comments below what your thoughts are. What do you think about the direction for uh, this kind of hypothetical deck uh, around uh, this newly spoiled commander? And yeah, what are your thoughts about uh, Mangar in general? So yeah. Uh, let me know in the comments below, and as always, thanks again, and have a good one. And make sure you're following us on social media for more updates and sneak peeks on future episodes. Again, a huge thank you to my patrons who help make this show possible. I truly couldn't do any of this without your support. If you want to support this channel directly, consider becoming a patron. There are many benefits to being a patron, including being able to vote on future commanders for deck tags. There are even tiers for get your own personalized deck tech dedicated to you. You can check out all the Patreon tiers and rewards at patreon.com slash commandersquarters. If you haven't already, make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel. Here at the Commander's Quarters, we're all about budget commander. So while you're at it, go ahead and check out some of our other types of episodes. And with that, I'm out of here. Thanks again and have a good one.